Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about cultivating strong relationships with siblings. We're excited to dig into this topic, you guys, because we get a lot of questions about this. Oh yeah, it's easier said than done, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And you probably have experienced that before. So, But we're gonna be very practical, dig into many points, and uh, stay within the time slotted because I know a lot of you love the power-packed information in a short period of time, and that's our promise. Yep. To help you equip confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. What a crazy world we're living in now. Oh, it's been, yeah. A lot of changes just in the last five years. Oh, it's incredible. It's incredible. And I always like to say, hey, as Christians, we are called not to fear this world. We serve a mighty God who is in control of things, but we are supposed to fear God only, but we're supposed to be wise as? Serpents and gentle as? Doves, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) Probably off guard there. So... (laughs) 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 So anyways, uh, this is good. Everybody wants to have siblings that love, respect, and help each other and a sense of teamwork in your family. And I think that, I actually think that because we worked hard on that early on, it made it feel more possible to have a bigger family. Actually, you're right. I think that it had a huge it's a, it was a huge factor, for sure. Because obviously, if everybody's always arguing with each other and there's not a sense of teamwork and people aren't helpful and you have to constantly you know, divide and conquer to uh, you know, repair relationships all the time, then uh, that could be kind of daunting. Oh, that would have been really hard. I think I probably would have put my foot down after a few. Mm-hmm. Well, we, yeah, we definitely have some <laughs> wisdom here for you guys. So yeah. uh, I do want to give a quick update. We are so thankful for the incredible comments you guys are leaving on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, yeah. thank you. And the five-star reviews means a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one of these times, I believe we're heading towards top of the charts on iTunes. And so if you could keep doing that, we just eclipsed 30,000 downloads. Wow, that's so exciting. (laughs) He always tells me these stats when we're on the podcast together. So Uh, I'm always like, really? Yeah, well, (laughs) you just get a better reaction from it. (laughs) He's keeping it a secret for a It's so much better. So uh, that's good. Why don't you give a word of encouragement to people listening? Okay, so let's just take this particular topic, for example. I know that so many of you really desire for your kids to get along and to have good relationships. Think about your own relationships for a moment. If you have any brothers or sisters yourself, maybe you have a situation where you even go home for the holidays and you, ju- you just don't really know how to connect with them or you it's been such a long time, you don't mm-hmm. know what to talk about. There's a lack of closeness that's there. Maybe you aren't like, you don't wake up first thing in the morning and think, oh, I, I wanna call my sister or my brother <laughs> or, or my mom, right? And so if you have those kinds of relationships and you are a parent, 
you may be really desiring something different for your kids. Mm-hmm. Right, Isaac? Yeah. And so if that's you, we really hope and pray that today, as we share some of the things that we have taught our kids and the things that we've done with our kids is an encouragement to you. And hopefully, if you take one thing away, that's always my encouragement. If you take one thing away and you start implementing it every single day with your family, you will see some change. And so our prayer is that you would be cultivating strong sibling relationships, regardless of what your experience was in your childhood. Mm -hmm. This is a season where you can actually leave a new legacy. You can learn from the past and actually use those things to warn your children because I know I have. Yeah. I have a lot of regret in my relationship with my brother and sister because I wasn't the big sister that they needed at times. I went off to college when my sister was five. Yeah. And so she doesn't really remember me living at home very much. And um, with my brother, we're only a couple years apart, but I know that I could have been a much better sister for sure. And um, so I've used those examples with my kids and teaching them. And so I just want to inspire you and hope hope that maybe that is what you take away today is that you're able to redeem those experiences so important and i'm going to give you guys a resource that i appreciate and i want you to have uh, especially for the dads listening in in just a second but first we fund all this efforts in the podcast and everything we're doing through uh people that purchase things from either courageousmom.com or courageous parenting Com. One of the coolest things that's happening right now is the Parenting Mentor Program, mm-hmm. which is really efficient for the busy mom and dad, uh, but gives you the biblical parenting model that Angie and I have used for the last 18 years and we're seeing fruit from in this uncertain world, having kids that stand for righteousness, love each other, and love the Lord. So if you want to check that out, check it out, CourageousParenting.com. It's six weeks, self-paced, uh, a lesson each week, your own private portal, private Facebook group that you get to stay in long-term as the program builds and all the people go in there, and it's mm-hmm. just a great to be in that group with people. Yep. We have our first group in now, and the next one starts March 11th in enroll is open now. So go check that out, whether you're super interested or just kind of interested. We'd love to have you see that and share the movement to impact 1 million families and equipping their kids. So really exciting. The resource I want to give you is dadtired.com. Um, he's got a great podcast, and uh, for you dads out there, uh, or if the wives are listening in, recommend it to your dads. Um, it is really good, right on spot, and uh, we always like to give a good resource out there uh, that's Christian-based and giving wisdom. So that's yeah. a good one. So let's dive in. So the first key we have for you is work hard, but play hard with that's your kids. That's kind of been a family motto of ours for years. Yes, absolutely. And uh, not only in business, but things around the house and projects and things we're doing because when people work hard together, they have to learn how to be together in a more dynamic way. That's right. And, you know, one of the things, even when I had just little kids at home and we would, we would sing, we had a cleanup song that we would sing, clean up, clean up everybody everywhere. Everybody do your share. And we would, we would go around singing this song or we put worship music on and we would, we would move faster as a team working together and I would always tell the kids hey if we get this done really fast then we can go do something fun together Mm -hmm. so it was work hard play hard together and that would just started with them when they were little and then we we were doing that with the kids we still do well and one of the things that was kind of uh, 
signature experience. I think signature experiences are important for your kids and as you're growing up. So think of things you could do, big projects that calls for everybody's gifts, no matter how old they are, mm-hmm. has roles everybody can play. One of those for us was the vineyard. We did a hobby vineyard, 1,200 plus plants, almost 1,300 plants, mm-hmm. uh, Pinot Noir and Riesling and, on our property. And we did it more of a vision of working together, believe it or not, than for any outcome of wine or something like that. Uh, but it was an incredible experience. And I, I know you remember this, but there was a special day where we hustled mm-hmm. to plant those plants. And we did it as a family together. And mm-hmm. we were beating the clock. Sun was starting to go down. And we were just almost we done. Were we were all hustling. Hustling now, hard. Just to give you guys a picture we had just had our fifth baby six weeks prior. So we had five kids that were seven years old and under, and they were all working hard. Dig in, planting, and yes, we were trusting them mm-hmm. with the roots. We would teach of them each very special, a different expensive job. Yep. plants. Mm-hmm. So, and they loved it. Yeah. I mean, they really, really loved it, you guys. I mean, it, it was physical labor, but they each had a job, and they took pride in their job, and they worked hard. And we, we I remember when we were all done at the end of the day, and we took them out to eat it at the so Olive Garden. special. We all sat around this huge table, and Isaac was at the end of the table, and he said, I'm so proud of us. Look at what we did, you guys. Yeah. And it was just so special. A signature experience. Anchoring the right behaviors of working together in forward motion in our family. Right. And so it's those things that really stand out. They'll always remember that. And mm-hmm. we've had, you know, business. I've taken kids with me to run conferences in the past where they would help greet people with me. They would help, you know. Set up trophies, set up, all different kinds of things. Set up stuff, yeah. set up the stage, set up different things. Yep. Um, we've had uh, them help you with speeches you've given, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We've had the kids work in the book table, selling the books. We've had them helping with the baby while I'm speaking, helping move PowerPoint, taking video. Yeah. And they were even like eight, nine years old. Helping on the trade floor with different things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really, it's been a really, um, really cool experience, actually. So, and we could probably go on and on. We took an RV trip once to a gig I was speaking at, conference I was going to be at for a couple days, and we took Mm -hmm. the whole family. Um, And so that's great, too. And, you know, you might not relate to these exact experiences, but what I would ask you to do is, what can you do? What yeah. can you think of to do together? You know, we love RV trips, and one of the reasons we love them is close quarters, right, Annie? Right. A lot of people go, wow, you you are going to go in the RV, like all of you, <laughs> all 10 of you. How big is that RV? <laughs> That's always their first question. How big is that RV? Yeah. How many does it sleep? And, you know, we've mentioned this, alluded you to, have to our three-month. You have to look at our month- vlog for that. Oh, Don't yeah. Don't tell them. Okay, yeah. You have to go see the family vlog, because we did... 12 week trip around the United States and we saw 34 states and just look under the Tolpins yes hashtag the Tolpins anyway it was just a really cool experience and and let me tell you that doesn't mean that there weren't arguments there were there were relationship building opportunities is what I like to call them. There you go. But we had perspective but we had to have that perspective going into this experience so Obviously, we've had the RV for, what, nine years now, eight years, something like that. And Mm -hmm. we have, um, it has really been a blessing to our family Mm -hmm. um, to be able to work hard and then pile everybody in and go. (laughs) 
<laughs> Super important. So think about what you can do. Close quarters, you really know what you need to work on together, mm-hmm. and things are heightened, and that's a good, as long as you have the right perspective. Uh, the yep. next thing is to build relationship vision. So you remember at the beginning of this video or that we were sharing about maybe your own past experiences with your own siblings, okay? And sharing those warnings or regrets with your children to help them to see the importance of building a healthy relationship with their brothers and sisters right now. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here. One of the phrases that I've used over and over again is build what you want tomorrow today. Mm. Meaning, if you want to have a close enough relationship with your sister, for example, Mm -hmm. to where she's going to be at your births and helping you postpartum, you need to build that relationship today. It's not just going to happen in the future. You have to build it today. If you want to have the kind of relationship where maybe you're running a business with three of your brothers, who knows what they're going to be doing, right? Or Maybe you're not running a business together, but you are a missionary and you need people to support you. We have families where some of the kids who make more money than the other kids who are called to the mission field help support them. Yeah. And so whatever it is, you have to start visioneering. We talked about this in one of the other podcasts with your kids about what they want for their relationships with their brothers and sisters when they're older and realize that they're responsible to build that closeness today. So important. It reminds me of the quote, whatever you take for granted will disappear. And because we're, or familiarity breeds contempt. Another Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. It's that when you're around each other a lot and they're immature, they're young kids, they tend to take for granted the relationships around them. Mm-hmm. And so you, what Angie's saying is get them outside of their immaturity, outside of the moment, outside of their familiarity to think about the future and how their actions today are impacting that and really how they, their siblings should be their best friends. They I'm, should be their closest. Actually, yeah. I mean, we, we um, haven't shared this particular thing before in any of the videos, but we don't encourage our kids to have best friends mm-hmm. outside of the family. And one of the reasons why is because it's it's exclusive. By title. By but. title. Not that they can't have close friends. We yeah. definitely encourage that, you know. Absolutely. Um, but we really feel like if they can't get it right here first, this is God's training ground mm-hmm. for the development of learning how to do biblical friendship. And it's the parents' responsibility to be teaching that to their children. And you have tons of opportunities, right? I mean, there's tons of opportunities for teaching about grace, forgiveness, um, not lying, sharing, selflessness, all kinds of awesome opportunities, right? You may not be thinking that they were opportunities, but they actually are. And one of the things that we've had to do as parents, I know I've done this a lot over the years, is have to say, hey, guys, you know what? If you can't get it right here first, then you can't go to that birthday party or you can't go to that play date, right? And so having those kinds of discussions with your kids where they go, whoa, okay, it's that serious? Yeah. It kind of makes it an important thing to them. And I think it's important, too, to let each other grow up. A lot of times what will happen with siblings is they'll have an image in their mind of the more immature younger brother mm-hmm. when that younger brother has actually grown, but their image is still here when they've already grown here and they don't let them grow up by their 
oh, that's impoverished really yeah. image mm-hmm. of their younger brother. And so as parents, you have to remind them, hey, do you know that he's capable of this now? Do you know that he helped me do this? Do you know that he doesn't do this whining thing anymore? Like, have you guys noticed that? And one of the things I think you're really good at is periodically Isaac has everybody do like a positive feedback or encouragement night at the dinner room table where they go around and they point out those things that they see in each other or that they really appreciate about each other. And that's huge for relationship building. I didn't have it ready for this podcast, but there's a scripture and you can look it up that talks about the importance of walking in love. And oftentimes I'll say, I'll just pick somebody and I'll say, hey, let's go around and talk about how Drew has walked in love and relationship with others this week. Yep. Yep. That's one of the it's examples really we've done. So that's that's important. Here's a scripture in John 15, 13, which is greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And if the siblings are supposed to be the closest of friends, do they actually behave in a manner of that right another one that comes to my mind is um about the first shall be last and the last shall be first that's Such an important one that is one that we have definitely reminded the kids of regularly usually in scenarios where there's an opportunity to teach selflessness because you see selfishness kind of oozing out of a child i want to go first i want to go first if you're playing a board game together or um maybe someone wants to be the first one to serve themselves dinner right because in mm-hmm. a big family it's amazing how people react to food in our family it's really funny me first. but yeah me first and then a stuff. big portion and so I always have to go, wait a minute, is that being greedy with the food or are you thinking of other people? And so um, the first shall be last. Go to the back of the line and wait. And just I think everybody got it. But if someone's trying to be first, then they become last. Last. Just make sure everybody got that. That's super important. Mm -hmm. Use that one. Please use that. It works really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a trick. It's scripture. So that's great. Um, So let's talk about team. You know, teamwork is incredibly important. It's important in business, it's important in companies, and it's most important in your family. And if you establish great sense of teamwork, then everything actually is easier. You know what's interesting, Isaac? A lot of parents, and I used to think this way myself, will sign their kids up to do sports for the purpose of their kids learning how to do teamwork. Mm. But what's interesting about that is then when they bring their kids home from practice or whatever, they don't facilitate teamwork at home or hold their kids accountable to actually viewing their siblings as their teammates. Right. Right. When it comes to like doing chores. So everybody's part of teams outside of the home and they neglect the sense of teamwork in the home. Right. It's really good. It's interesting because we should be doing it right here first and then mm-hmm. doing it right here first is a light to everyone else outside the home. When we go outside to go do sports or things like that, we should be a light because of how much of a team we are because that is so different than the world. And it's interesting. So one of the things that we have done to help cultivate more of a team atmosphere is that when our kids are playing sports or um, in a play Mm -hmm. or have a music recital or something like that, we all go. We all go. Everybody goes. They have a huge cheering section. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Now, other things are chores. There is a trick to chores, which is put kids together that may have the greatest potential for conflict. Why would you do that? Well, it's interesting that you bring this up because there are just natural personalities that work better together and natural personalities that clash 
And we have a few personalities that definitely clash. And so when they are teamed up to do dishes, let's say, after a few days, you start to notice, hmm, this team is having a hard time figuring out who's the leader and mm-hmm. and how to divide up what is going to be done when. And they get so selfish or they're just clashing so much that it takes them forever. Ever, right? And so you let them work at it. But then after a few days of this, mom or dad will intervene and say, hey, have you guys realized that this is what's going on? This is what we're seeing. And actually, we see this in you and we see this in you. And then they're like able to have an opportunity to grow. Yep. So apologize. So the big mistake parents make, and this is the natural mistake. Because success is always, almost always counterintuitive. So what parents naturally do intuitively is separate their kids when they're arguing. When in fact, you should let, you should help them work it out. Totally. Because do you want your kids to only work with a portion of the society, society because they are only good at working with certain personalities? Mm-hmm. Or do you want them to be able to share the gospel, work with, uh, you know, be able to parent kids that are different than them? Oh, such a good word. Because, you you know, when it comes down to it, you don't really have a choice about the type of personalities that your kids are born with. And God cares about all of our character enough to put us in relationships sometimes with harder people. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a good thing to make them be able. And it's not just doing chores together. It's also with like bedroom assignments. Oh, yeah. We've also had those situations where we've chosen to keep certain boys as roommates or whatnot for the purpose of their relationship getting closer because they've been arguing more. So the easy choice is usually not the best choice as a parent. Mm -hmm. So I have a verse here in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. It says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Mm -hmm. You know, and this is actually interesting because back to the dishes situation, the dishes in our family, a family of 10 and eating three meals a day, there can be a lot of dishes. And so they learn to be thankful that Mm -hmm. they have a partner because when they have to do them alone, like if their teammate is sick, Mm -hmm. it takes a whole lot longer. And so... um, Really, it's a good lesson for them. Super good lesson. So the next thing is protect each other. There's Mm got to be a sense of loyalty. And what can easily develop is kids starting to become more loyal to the friends outside Mm -hmm. of the family than their siblings in the family. And that's something that I think is uh, a parent's jurisdiction to keep a thermometer on and to confront that child when that's happening because that can be so deeply hurtful that it could it could cause a rift in that brother 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 sister relationship for a very long time if it's not dealt with. Oh yeah, so in Proverbs 17:17 17, 17 says, "A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born mm-hmm. for adversity." So we need to raise our siblings up to protect each other, to be loyal to each other, to be faithful in relationship, no matter who's around. It's so funny because, you know, while a lot of people say to us, oh my goodness, you guys have eight kids, that's a lot. And 
you know, there's this part of me that I remember us actually having a discussion at like five or six year, you know, kids in and going, well, at least they'll have people who can back them up in this crazy world. Right. Like, like from a different perspective, because I do hear from a lot of moms that are scared to have children because of the crazy Mm. times that we live in. And my encouragement to you would be have more than one so that they have a friend to pick them up and keep them warm. And they're not alone. There you go. And cultivate friendships. Okay. So what tends to happen Mm -hmm. is this thing called ageism. Now, we normally think of ageism as people that are more experienced in life, over 50 years old and that kind of thing. Hey, you're not too far away, pal. Not too far away. And so, (laughs) and I love getting older, so it's great. But ageism actually is most prevalent inside homes. It is true. It, it's something that um, can easily be cultivated, especially um, if your kids are used to um, going to public school where they're age segregated or in Sunday school classrooms where they're age segregated. Actually, most of our society has Separates. been separated and segregated in that way, and it's actually not healthy, and it's definitely not biblical. God has designed his body of Christ to be able to have older people speaking into the younger people's yep. lives. And that's how he wants us to be learning from each other in addition to learning from his word yep. and from our experiences and from our trials and things like that. But when there's that attitude of ageism, it can actually negatively impact that child who has an attitude about it for the rest of their life. Yep. For example, they may not be humble enough or have a teachable heart to go seek out a mentor or someone to disciple them mm-hmm. because they're so stuck in their ways. They don't even realize it, that they subconsciously are only good at having friends with people that are the same age as them. Yep. And they can't relate. And I totally remember being in school and I would hardly ever talk to somebody in one grade lower than me. But would I talk to somebody a grade ahead of me? For sure. That was like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So we don't want that. It should be cool to hang out with for the teenager to hang out with the six-year-old brother. That's mm-hmm. what you want to be cool. We are not to be called to be like this world. Mm-hmm. Do you want your kids to be like this world? That is flat out wrong. That is hurtful. And the olders should be mentoring the youngers and helping them, bringing them along. Now, there's a time for them to go hang out with their friends that are the same age. But and there's a time for them to hang out with people who are older than them, too. That's right. There should not be that sense. And when mm-hmm. you develop community where there isn't ageism and you develop that in your family, it is beautiful. I love it when I see you know, older men, but younger than me, talking to my boys. Right, because it's the body of Christ. It's yeah. the, it, the family of Christ, the household of faith. I love is it. there um, acting and functioning like how our our small, immediate family does. And I love learning from level. some of the, you know, 30-year-olds that I know uh, that are men that are mm-hmm. really wise. That's right. Yeah. So another thing that is definitely um, can become a, a root of needing to be pulled a weed that needs to be pulled is selfishness that is in every human every person um, regardless of age and so in friendships selfishness pokes its ugly head every now and again but that's where friendship and family and having the ability to Mm -hmm. reconcile and restore relationships and 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 confront that brother or sister and say i'm offended by 
how you said or what you did and being able to really work that out biblically. This is the training ground for being able to figure out how to do that, how to deal with conflict. Totally. But what happens is you have your own agenda. You're busy with whatever you're, you're doing and an argument ensues and you are frustrated by it and you want it to be fixed quickly. So you don't spend the time to make sure they're reconciled correctly. My wife is so good at this. I mean, I Mm. do it too, but she's with them all day, you know, and she's so good at just stopping what she's doing, taking the time, Mm -hmm. reading the Bible with them, explaining what reconciliation looks like, making sure that it's real, that people don't leave still hurt. I mean, wow. Yeah. Don't we want them to be good at this? Totally. And God's word has so much to say. That could be just a podcast by itself because we do have rules surrounding how we handle conflict and what our standards are because the Bible speaks very clearly about a lot of it. We don't let the sun go down in our anger. Yeah. And um, very sometimes there's mediation that needs to take place where people need to cool down and things like that. But we don't let things go. We now, deal with them. Now, start as young as you can, but it's not too late if you have older kids. Mm-hmm. You can always start and you can have a fresh conversation mm-hmm. with them. You can always tell your kids where you've blown it. I'm serious. Be vulnerable and say, you know what? I should have been talking to you about this a long time ago, but there's something I notice now, and I'm going to continue to notice these things, and I want a renewed relationship with you. And where I, I want can, what's best for you. And I want what's yeah. best for you, and let's look at the scriptures together. It's never too late to break the cycle mm-hmm. of a bad direction. So why don't you finish us off here with a scripture? Well, First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. And I think that this particular verse about comforting and edifying one another is so key to cultivating strong sibling relationships, you know, to be able to learn from one another, Mm. to even have the older kids have a humility to where the younger kids can feel like they can come to them and share something with them. Like, I see this in your character. And for them to be able to learn from that lesson is super important, but also to comfort one another. And to edify one another, like sitting around in the dining room table and yep. encouraging one another is huge. Um, but I do think, too, that there there are practical things, and we've mentioned a lot of them today, yep. um, ways that you can engage. But I, I just would encourage you parents to not take the easy road. When yep. there is conflict, realize that if you walk through conflict biblically with your kids, they will come out with a stronger relationship in the end. By the way, all these scriptures will be in the show notes. A video of this as well Mm -hmm. is on YouTube, but also at CourageousParenting.com with all the show notes, scriptures, and links to resources we mentioned. So uh, go there because you can use these scriptures with your kids. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.